Hello, and welcome to the Social Speak Network podcast. I'm your host today, Caitlin McDonald, one of the founders over here at Social Speak. And today we have the great privilege of being joined by Cole and Rachel, the founders of Buffalo and Sparrow Yoga Collective. Cole and Rachel founded Buffalo and Sparrow Yoga Collective in 2017 when they realized they both share a passion to make yoga more accessible to people affected by trauma, which they believe is everyone. Yoga, when taught through the lens of trauma sensitivity, can be an important part of a treatment program for individuals with post-traumatic stress response. And all individuals benefit from connecting deeply to themselves. Though through this perspective, they hope to create yoga environments where individuals feel safe and supported as they witness their trauma symptoms and learn tools within yoga to self-regulate when those symptoms present. Their dream is for everyone experiencing trauma symptoms to have the ability to live life as their whole self, free from trauma symptoms. They believe that yoga, when taught with intentionally around drama, can support this journey. They deeply strive to stay culturally aware, up to date on the most current trauma research and yoga findings, as well as inclusive, aware, informed, and sensitive as possible. Their offerings are for everyone. Every background, experience, culture, identity, gender, and being is welcome. They also understand many folks might feel more comfortable in their healing process when learning and sharing space with those in their own affinity groups. If this is the case for them, please head on over to the Collaborators tab on their website to learn more about where to go in order to support yourself in the safest way. So today's episode, we have, as I mentioned, both Cole and Rachel who are going to be hopping on with us. Um, And we invited Cole and Rachel onto our show because they have been doing a phenomenal job in the face of the COVID-19 pandemic, changing their practice quickly. And so I wanted to have them on to share some of the insights that they've had and some of the things that they're doing with their practice to continue connecting with patients Um, and with students, and to continue to grow their yoga studio, um, Buffalo and Sparrow Yoga Collective, while utilizing technology. Um, So in this case, uh, they have moved all of their classes over to Zoom calls. They have a unique way of pricing and thinking about pricing models during this time, just because they can't say how somebody is affected by the current conditions. Um, And so we're really excited to have them on the show today. Uh, So let's give a warm welcome to Cole and Rachel. All right. Thank you so much, Cole and Rachel, for joining us today. We're so excited for you to be here. And we're hoping that we can just kick some things off um, with you telling us a little bit about um, Buffalo and Sparrow Yoga Collective. Wonderful. Um, hi, I'm Cole. So Buffalo and Sparrow Yoga Collective started uh, really out of a brainchild of Rachel's uh, and the idea that we wanted to offer more informed yoga throughout the, the Denver metro area. 
And what we mean by informed yoga is specifically the idea that we're all affected by trauma. And so it's, it's yoga through the lens of understanding of, of supporting individuals in their own process and to reconnect with themselves, specifically in the process of healing around trauma. Wonderful. And how long have you been in business for? So technically, Buffalo and Sparrow has been in business for about a year. However, the collaboration between us has been for about three, Rachel, is that right? I think that's right. Maybe just over that. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Great. And then in our previous conversations, just to kind of set the stage for other practitioners who are listening, um, you do not have your own studio, correct? You are renting a space within a yoga studio. Is that correct? Sort of. So we run our own teaching out of other studios throughout the Denver metro area. So we met at a studio that we both taught at. And so it kind of, it started from there. And so we, we work in collaboration with other businesses to, to lead the workshops that we do and to lead the trainings that we do. Okay. Wonderful. Wonderful. Thank you for clarifying that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the reason why you're on the show today is because of how you've been able to take, you know, everything that's been thrown our way in the past month, month and a half and transform your, your business so that you can still continue providing these great services, uh, great yoga classes to your students. Um, can you talk a little bit about uh, how your practice has changed since social distancing guidelines went into place? Sure. Um, so actually, both of us within the same week were given notice that all of the studios within the Denver Metro were going to be closing down until uh, further notice. And at the time, it was just for a couple weeks. And clearly, we are now into, I think, week seven of when at least the yoga studios I was working with, and I think, Rachel, same with the ones you were working with, um, decided that it was time to close the doors for safety. Um, and I think it took us a couple of days and I just decided I was going to reach out to the students that I had contacts for and keep community going and to keep practices going. We decided that Zoom was a great fit because both of us really interact with our students a lot while we teach. It's really important for us to be able to, to see and bear witness to what's happening. And Zoom seemed to be the best fit because there's a little more interaction available there. Whereas, for instance, YouTube, you can't really see who's on the other side. So that was, it was kind of like a nice growth step to be able to see our students and to see where, where and how they were practicing. Definitely. And it, was there a reason why, um, you just kind of alluded to this, but a reason why you decided not to do pre-recorded um, classes and why you decided to do Zoom with the students there? Um, so I'll speak for myself and Rachel, then I'll let you share if there's any additions for you as well. Uh, as a bit of a perfectionist or a recovering perfectionist, I knew that if I were to do pre-recorded videos that I would want it to be really exacting and clean and perfected. Um, and what I know about why I one of the reasons I think students love me as a teacher is that I'm really not I'm really human in the classroom and so 
I decided that if I were to do pre-recorded classes, it would take me a lot longer to get the information out and I would want it to look a certain way. Whereas if I just started teaching like I was actually in person, that there's a level of genuineness that comes through. And also I couldn't stop because I was just teaching and they were there. So it was going to, it was going to come out however it was going to come out. I think that that really makes it a lot more authentic. Um, and uh, yeah, you feel as though you're part of that moment rather than watching something that's been perfected, you know, and edited and clipped and everything. What about you, Rachel? Yeah, I think there's some of those same aspects. Um, but I, I would say very simply and practically that I slash we at the time didn't have the equipment to make pre-recorded videos the level and standard that we wanted it to be. Um, because I have a, a thread of that perfectionism as well, where I want it the sound to be right, I want the lighting to be right, I want to be able to edit out some, you know, bl blurbs or whatever, some bloopers. And um, so there's that, the practicality of it. But for me, it's the same, like having that live interaction is that sense of community and when a lot of the students, both for Cole and I, are ones that we know and love and we've been teaching and practicing with for years. And so it's fun to be able to see them all on the screen and look up and say, like, oh, Jack, I know this is your favorite pose. Or, oh, Heather, blah, blah, you know, like, and it really brings them into, like, this is the best, the next best thing that we could have it, as opposed to being in the room together because we're interacting even in the midst of going through yoga poses together. And then also knowing that you're moving in the same kind of realm of time, but in a different space brings that sense of belonging and togetherness. So, you know, I went to one of Cole's classes with a friend of mine and it's like, I'm going to do this to the end because my friend's on here with me. We're doing this together right now, you know? And so there's this sense of um, like, we're all in this together, which is very much, how we feel in the pandemic, but it's um, released through the body in our online live stream yoga classes. I love it. That's beautiful. And uh, Cole, I know, did you have something else to say? Yeah, I feel like this might be true in both of our classes, Rachel, is that the students also like to see each other. So I've found that once I start the Zoom camera, I leave and kind of can listen from the other room for a minute. And I'm hearing the students check in with each other, just like I would in a real studio space. And so there's this really beautiful way in which they too get to feel that sense of connection, not just with us as the teacher, but with each other. That's really great. I, I love that you leave the room and then come back. So it kind of emulates that real yoga, you know, experience. Um, in-person yoga experience. Moving forward, do you feel as though you'll continue to integrate uh, live stream into your your practice as a course offering or do you feel as though you'll go back to completely in in-person uh, classes? Yeah, it's funny because we've talked about this. We feel like um, this is something we wanted actually for Buffalo and Sparrow for a long time and the COVID has pushed us into making it into a reality sooner than we expected. And so A, it's bringing our, our long-term goals here now. But B, we've recognized that students are really enjoying being able to practice in their homes and like, I'm still in my PJs, I haven't brushed my teeth and I'm practicing yoga with all of my friends and my favorite teacher or whatever. And so 
to give that to them and then take it away feels like, oh, come on. Like we can, we can do in-studio practice and also still offer this so that people can um, still have what the, a taste of what they have now, but still the ability to be able to go if they want. And I think practically, uh, I love what Rachel said around like the emotional component and being able to offer more. And I think practically, I, I'm not sure what percentage of population is going to feel comfortable in studios and what isn't. And so I think that this allows for a, 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 to meet more people with their needs, which is really at the heart of our business is to meet folks where they are. And so if part of that is that they don't feel safe or ready to leave their home, that this gives them an alternative. Um, and even just even moving forward, we all have lives with kiddos or, you know, other expectations that we have outside of our yoga practice. And so this might actually make it that one hour commitment instead of that hour and a half to get there or whatever our, our commute times are as well to set up our space. So it, it might actually make it more available to folks with different schedules. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Now, I, I loved the insight that you gave in terms of the pricing model that you have during this time. Could you talk a little bit to that? Sure. Well, as a business, we can't really use the terminology by donation. And so what we're talking about is a pay what, pay what feels comfortable to you. And so the way in which we speak to that is we actually have like a whole blurb being giving a lot of permission around the fluctuations of this time and, and not, not knowing what feels comfortable for people and that we just want it to feel like an even exchange. So people are, are offering what feels right to them. And we have, I've seen some that, that vary quite a bit that are donating $2 and some that are donating quite a bit and just whatever really does truly work for them. Just give me one second. Speaking of uh, living in the moment, my daughter's having a little bit of a temper tantrum behind me. Let me just shut the door back there. <laughs> totally understand that. <laughs> I don't, but I can empathize. <laughs> she was called Queen Anna instead of Queen Elsa. Big deal. Uh, oh. <laughs> The struggle is real. I have three little ones. I totally empathize yeah. with you. Oh my goodness. Well, this seems like a great time to talk about how you do manage, you know, being at home. Rachel, I know, yeah, you have two little ones. How do you, how do you separate the space uh, in order to run the classes? Sort of it, talk me through it, what your process is and maybe that will help you know, other wellness professionals who are trying to talk with clients one-to-one -one and they have their kids running in or teaching a class and um, kind of a, what have you found to work for yourself? Yeah, um, so I have, I have three little ones three. and yeah, and my experience probably is a lot different than Cole's experience mm -hmm. as far as setting up and everything. Um, you know, initially it was pretty hard because I was switching from the, the mother and now homeschool teacher role mm -hmm. to the teacher role within a 15 minute period right like i would get on 10 minutes before so i could connect with the students and then it's right away my my mode is having to change and um i learned pretty early on that that wasn't sustainable for me like for my soul and for the quality of my teaching and so i just very simply asked my husband who's 
very accommodating. <laughs> I need more time with you guys away so that I can center myself and really offer from a place of like authenticity and grounding. Is that a puppy of yours? Sweet. Yeah, we have a um, an Irish wolfhound, so she oh, love it. barges through the doors and <laughs> yeah, probably as big as your kids are. Yep. <laughs> yeah, um, and so now I have thirty minutes before class to center mm -hmm. myself, to set up, to connect with the students, and um, and then I have about ten minutes afterwards to say the goodbyes and all that stuff. But we, right now I've been setting. This is actually my yoga studio right here, but. Oh. Um, there is some um, echo factor to it right now, and I'm waiting on some equipment to help with that so that mm. I can kind of do that here in my in-home studio. But I've been doing it in my living room, and my family goes out, if it's nice weather, to the backyard or to downstairs. We have a two-level home, and so that makes it easier. Um, but yeah, for me, like the me mentality of not driving to the studio has affected me, right? Because the drive there is time to center and reflect and then the time in the studio, like it's a different space, it's a different energy. And so you're able to kind of switch over to that mode a little easier. So it, it, is, it is a struggle, but I figured out the, the parameters for me are just more time, more time and more quiet for, for my preparations. Probably much different for you, Coley. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, being an, an adult-only household helps a little bit for that part of it. Um, and I think it comes back to that letting go of the perfection quality as well, right? Of, of not being able to control the fact that there's a dog next door that likes to bark pretty much as soon as I start teaching and then stops as soon as I stop teaching. Um, and to just realize that we too are just doing the best we can through this. And so to let go of some of that perfection quality is, is been really helpful for me, I should say. Yeah. I would say two students are in that same boat of like showing grace. Like, you know, at one point my son banged through the door and started running right behind me. And I was like, there's my son. If you've never met him, <laughs> you know, like they, they all know they have grace on us. And like a part of that is what connects us. I think. So. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, today is one of the examples over here in my household, but it, it happens to all of us. So it, um, Rachel, I love that advice of just giving yourself more time to transition and then also having a new spot, a spot that's dedicated towards this work that you're doing so that you don't have to, you know, just be sitting at the kitchen table and then just moving to the living room right next door, you know? Um, so having that, that time to transition, I, that's a great point of advice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so let's talk a little bit about your students. So Cole, you had mentioned that you reached out to students that you um, already had their contact information for. Uh, how are students finding your classes right now? Do you send out emails? Do you post on social media? Are they just checking your website? Yes. <laughs> um, so yeah, the original, when we first started, I started about a week before Rachel just because of scheduling conflicts, but um, I just sent it out to students who I already had contact to, and that was a lot to keep me busy for the first week and a half or so. And then we were able to integrate to Rachel's clients and students that were the same and also different from mine. And so that kept us busy for the first few weeks, which gave us a really great starting position to move from. Then we have been able to spend the last few weeks growing from there. So 
Right now, I would say the biggest is word of mouth. So really asking students who think that this is helpful to share information with others. We have decided to move with a waiver program. And I know that for wellness folks, that might vary depending on what type of work you do. However, it's been really helpful for us to feel that sense of confidence that we could keep this program running longer and feel like our insurance will be okay with what we're doing. So um, that was a bit of a barrier at first. So then we've been able to use the time that we have now to, to find new ways of doing that that's more time efficient for ourselves. Great thing is, is that as small business owners, there's lots of great tools out there in which to do that now. And everything can be done digitally, which is also really great. And so I'd say mostly word of mouth. We definitely have been saying things on Facebook and Instagram, and it is up on our website, which is actually where you can now register. So lots of ways and all the ways. Yeah, definitely. And had you been active on social media prior? Did you have an email list prior to all of this? Yeah, we, we were, I would say like, like a small business at our, our age of small business, that it's still growing and still expanding. And so there is a little bit of an interest in that, how, in how we've combined. So as two individual contract workers, we technically are two, our own two businesses. And so it's been a slow integration of those two. So it's a lot of our two communities coming together. And I would say COVID actually has pushed us to move that, that community closer together in a way we hadn't really realized we weren't until, until this happened. Rachel, what would you say around that? Um, I would say the only other thing for us is that because our offering is somewhat unique and that it's people informed, um, it very much works with getting stress out of the body and trauma out of the body that um, people are talking about it more right now because we're all collectively going through a trauma together with COVID. And we find this like yearning to come together and heal together as well. And so what I found is like, you know, my, my therapist is like, can I send my clients to you? Or um, we have connections with lots of nonprofits. And so um, sometimes we'll donate some of the class contributions to them um, and then they forward on all the information to their you know newsletter or whomever and so i think it our unique offering helps in that um, it's working with the situation that we're in worldwide so word of mouth seems to be a little more desperate <laughs> than it would be if it would you know if it was a different time right or a different offering so that helps <laughs> Yeah, definitely. So it sounds as though, so it, you're relying kind of on word of mouth and the connections that you do have with your students. Um, but you also it kind of bring up how you're building community of other kind of a related health and wellness practices and nonprofits. Um, and are you going out and speaking with, you know, potential, I'll call them referral partners, um, but with potential partners uh, that you wouldn't have necessarily spoken with beforehand? Um, are you building that community, that network of, you know, these other practitioners that you wouldn't have thought of doing, you know, otherwise, or is this something that's always been part of your practice? Yeah, that's always been part of our practice because, because our niche around how we offer yoga is both accessible to all and also a little bit different from what is standard. So it is important for us to have interconnections with 
both the nonprofit world as well as the mental health world. And so those two bridges are ones that we've worked on in the past and continue to hope to, to build more connections in those ways. Great, wonderful. Well, I think that that was all the topics and kind of bullet points that uh, we had talked about, Cole, previously. Are there any other tips and pointers, um, pieces of information that you want to be sure to share uh, that might benefit other health and wellness practices who are listening to the podcast today? Hmm. I think what I always just want to speak to almost always is just be yourself. Like there is if you're anxious about getting into the online realm, I mean, what helped, I think us is just realizing the need, you know, that, that, that people are dealing with a lot of loss right now and the ways in which we can provide a sense of normalcy is profound. And so it, it doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't need to be in studio or with the right lights or with the right equipment. It's okay if there's an echo or if your kiddo runs across <laughs> the screen that, your students or your your clients m might really miss you and need you and so if you feel stable enough in your own experience through all of this to offer out i think you'll find that it's well received wonderful that's beautiful rachel anything else from your perspective um and in a similar vein from what cole said in that i would say if you haven't made that leapt to the online offerings um to have kind of a backdrop knowledge that it's not the same it, it isn't and um i struggled with that the first week and still do now that um okay i'm teaching yoga to my computer screen like yes there are beings there practicing on screen but um but that it's going to feel different and that's okay because we're in a different time and i was real hard on myself at first and i don't know Cole, if it was you or if it was my husband one of you wise beings in my life said um you're offering familiarity. Like these are students that have practiced with you and they know you and you may not feel like you're teaching your best, but this is something normal in their life in a time where everything has been turned upside down and it's not normal. And you have to trust that that's enough. And so I would just say like, have complete grace on yourself for whatever experience you're experiencing. Um, and know that what you have to offer is something, right? And, and then I would also say, I went through a really dark week during this COVID. Like I went to some dark places and teaching actually was what helped me. So even though I felt like I didn't have, I wasn't equipped enough for it or strong enough to teach, after having taught the class, I felt a sense of connection and a sense of grounding that um, it was the push I needed. So I, I think fear is a big factor in all of this, but I also think that trust and grace can override all of that. So. Yeah, that would be my final thoughts, I suppose. Wonderful. Thank you so much, both of you, for, for joining me today. I have truly appreciated learning more about um, Buffalo and Sparrow Yoga Collective and hearing your insights on how you're dealing and moving forward with this very unprecedented time and continuing to create that community for your students and for, for new people who are signing up for your yoga classes. So thank you so much for joining today. Thank you. Thank you again to Cole and Rachel for joining us today. It always is such a pleasure hearing how wellness practices have 
leaned into technology and the digital marketplace in order to find new and unique ways to connect with their clients. I especially loved how um, rather than doing a set price for the work that they do, um, that they have a contribute what's comfortable pricing model. Additionally, I love how they've chosen to focus on live stream rather than pre-recorded classes because of that community that these help them build, um, how it allows them to come together with their students and allow their students to catch up and uh, make sure each other are doing well and feeling supported too. Uh, the humidity, humility and grace that uh, both Rachel and Cole bring to their classes, allowing life to go on, um, is, is beautiful as well. So I think that there's a lot that we can learn from uh, listening to and speaking with other wellness professionals. Um, and so today I wanted to say a special introduction to a VIP marketing community that Amber and I are launching. And this is really after four years of putting together the trainings and launching different group coaching programs that we've decided a forum-based model uh, for showcasing all of these trainings, videos, PDFs, guides that we have um, will allow our students to come together as part of a community. This is a forum-based model, so there are um, forums for asking questions, sharing successes, holding each other accountable during such an uncertain time. So if you are interested in learning more, please head on over to socialspeaknetwork.com VIP community. Here you'll be able to register $7 the first month followed by $29 thereafter. Um, and if you have enjoyed listening to this podcast, please subscribe to our channel on YouTube. And of course, click subscribe on um, iTunes as well. So thank you so much. And I look forward to seeing you next time on the Social Speak Network podcast. <laughs>